Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is, well, it's starting to get confusing what uh, Stew's Days really is. <laughs> it was uh, supposed to be uh, every Stew's Day, but uh, we seem to be uh, pretty much never taping on uh, on Stew's Day anymore. In fact, this time we've gone all the way around and cycled through an entire week to uh, Mondays, and that's, uh, <laughs> I think this is the first time we've done that. So, uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully people are tracking along. I know, I know we got lots of people listening. So, so that's fantastic. I was at a, at a conference down in, uh, in California of all places. And, uh, and I think everybody that, uh, that I talked to, uh, listens and, uh, they, they particularly love used to, they could, oh, yeah? they, they, yeah. they, they basically say, I, I, I could be just tossed away to the side, but uh, don't lose that stew. So that's, uh... <laughs> I think it's the exact reverse, Dave. If I got on a podcast and talked for ten minutes, it would be like listening to the weather. Wow, it's uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was tough on the ego, Stu. But um, that's why I've uh, it's it's stuff like that that keeps me unbelievably humble after all these years. <laughs> that's right, and motivated. <laughs> yeah, and and my wife too. Uh, she uh, she keeps me humble as well. So, uh, so Stu, uh, being being the star of things, we're we're going to zero in today on uh, on on the key questions. Uh, that we would ask someone with your depth of knowledge. We should remind everyone that Stu Kedwell is the co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, top gun in the investment world, as they uh, as they like to say. You you win that award. Do they actually give you a gun when you win that award, Stu? <laughs> no, there's no gun. No, there's, there's, there's no, uh, like yeah. a big jet plane or something, yeah. like a trophy? Uh, yeah, no, no jet plane either. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the trophy component is, is uh, I suppose, underwhelming relative to uh, what it sounds like it might be. Well, it is, it, it, it is a cool award to win. So, paper uh, airplane, let, paper airplane. <laughs> paper airplane, lovely. But uh, we, we, we spoke with Eric on, on Friday after the jobs number, and, uh, and wow, that, uh, that number in the U.S. Was, uh, was, was quite something. And, of course, the Fed last week, they they tightened and 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 kept the saber rattling going. The Bank of Canada the week before uh, was more, I guess, muted in their their forward look. You know, they they're, they're probably pausing or they 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 they're saying they're going to pause for a little while. So so everything that we we wrap it all together. What what do you make out of out of where we are economically and and then the the, the link to markets? Yeah. So. Um... Well, let's let's uh, you know let's start first with earnings today, um, and then and then we'll try and link it all together. So, you know the earnings the earnings reports this quarter have have been I would say, you know okay to a little underwhelming, um, yeah. Yeah. but not really that underwhelming relative to where people's heads were at, um, and by that I mean like this is probably uh, the lowest uh, quarter of surprises. You know, normally uh, estimates come down a little bit and then uh, companies manage to beat them. So that percentage is at the lower end. And when we look across a broad a swath of businesses, uh, you know, last quarter or last year, you had revenues, uh, you know, growing at a very robust pace due to inflation and the cost side hadn't quite caught up to things. Yeah. And this quarter, we've seen a little bit of the reverse where, you know, revenues, while they're still growing, but costs grew a little bit faster in the fourth quarter than revenues. So you have what they call negative operating leverage. And, um, you know, that's probably going to be the, the story uh, for the first half of the year. Um, you know, which, which then dovetails into, you know, all the economic readings because, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the employment was pretty strong. 
Um, the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, you could hear what you wanted to. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, if you if you were if you were uh, in the camp that, you know, rates are going to be higher for longer, you know, you could probably find a way to hear that. And if you thought you're in a camp where rates might have to come down, you could probably hear that, too. I, you know, myself, I probably migrate, you know, back to what we've discussed, which is that, you um, I think they want to get inflation, you know, the central banks want inflation to be under control. Uh, so they are likely to jawbone around, you know, not that rates are going to go a lot higher, but they might stay at these levels for a longer period of time than people want. You know, as far as, as far as, you know, the, the employment data, which was very strong, which threw a bit of a kink into the ability for rates to come down in the very short term. Um, you know, some debate also, you know, not dissimilar to where we were on inflation last summer, where, okay. uh, you know, we knew in all likelihood that it was coming down. But, you know, right around the peak, uh, there was a couple of, you know, bumps in the road and, you know, that kind of threw you for a loop every so often. Um, like, you know, if I, if I, you know, kind of bring that back to the earnings, like when you see businesses uh, having negative operating leverage, they are going to go look at their cost structure. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just as, you know, during uh, parts of COVID, you might have hoarded uh, the supply of some goods. You know, there is a, a comment out there that, you know, business has been kind of hoarding uh, labor a little bit because it's been so tight. And, um, you know, will they look at their, you know, cost lines on mass here and try and make some adjustments? Because, uh, you know, over time, businesses like positive operating leverage, they like their revenues to be growing faster or at least at the same pace as their as their costs. Um, so, you know, I like while the, the, the employment data was extremely strong, uh, you know, I think there is, you know, some positives because it means the economy is probably a little bit stronger. But I don't think you would say that this is the trend of even stronger employment from here. Right. Um, in all likelihood, it, it backs off. Employment's a, a lagging indicator. You look at some of the yep. other more coincident indicators like retail sales, which we're seeing that roll over uh, a little bit. And and I, I mean, I think your comment, which I haven't really heard from from, from anyone else uh, with respect to businesses hoarding labor. And, uh, you know, we, this, this has been, with, without a doubt, a very unusual cycle that we've been through, particularly following the very unusual cycle that we came through before COVID, which was the longest continuous expansion in history. We've now had an economic cycle that may end up being a three-year cycle, um, you know, from trough to uh, to peak, and it's created some, as we've talked about many times, dislocation in the system that created that desire to hold on to labor, and that and and you're you're seeing in in a particular area, technology, where you're seeing big announcements uh, about layoffs I, I, again, as as they run into some real issues uh, on the cost side. And it, it's hard to not imagine that rolling through the rest of the economy. I think that's fair. Uh, you know, no question. Uh, you know, management, you know, like we've always, you know, we always talk about how business changes over time, right? And, and you know, the only thing you know is that, you know, what is currently in place is not like to continue to be in place. Business is competitive, management's incented to, you know, get cash flows and earnings up over time. So, you know, they're going to look at all those levers to pull uh, in, uh in you know what is what is still not a bad economy but likely a, a slowing economy. Um, a couple of other things that uh, you, you know I think have come out through this process is that um, you know there, there's kind of like you know three camps out there. Uh, you know one camp says that we're going into recession, earnings are going to drop, 
the stock market will drop uh, when those earnings present themselves, valuations will contract. Um, you know, the, the, the second camp says, uh, you know, the economy actually is, you know, maybe, you know, finding its footing a little bit. And while the growth is not going to be strong, uh, it is improving. Uh, you know, I think, you know, in our in-house view, like, uh, you know, Eric, our economist is probably, you know, a little bit more positive relative to where his old forecast was. Um, you know, I think, I think the interesting thing in that camp too, uh, you know, we, we get so focused on the real economy uh, when we talk about all these statistics. And, you know, while inflation is declining, if it's still at, you know, call it three, four, five percent, even if there's no real economic growth, the nominal economy is still growing, which, uh, you know, I think helps, you know, camp number two a little bit, like, you know, why, why earnings might be a little bit stronger than they, they've been, um, you know, in that, you know, but in that camp, uh, you know, from a stock market standpoint, you know, a, a broad market standpoint, you need, you know, earnings to be a little bit better, but you really do need inflation to continue coming off to justify today's evaluations. Um, you know, if you, if you put it into some type of, you know, kind of historical regression model, uh, you know, you probably need inflation to come back down to two to three percent to justify uh, today's valuations. Um, but the, the last component, which is, you know, another thing that has been in place for the last three or four months, and we talked a little bit last time about changing leadership, is for the headline market, you do need uh, inflation to come down to justify, you know, today's multiples, which are in the upper teens. But there are still a lot of stocks out there that have reasonable valuations. And, um, you know, that idea that it's a market of stocks rather than a stock market. And if the economy is going to be a little bit better and those valuations uh, are still uh, at reasonable levels, you know, can the average stock do better than the stock market? And, you know, those are the three camps that um, that uh, persist. And, you know, you know, there's arguments around each one of them, to you know, and all, you know, when we when we think about it. Um, when we build portfolios, you know, we, we kind of prepare, uh, portions of the portfolio for each one of those outcomes a little bit. Um, you know, because what we're, you know, what we're really trying to do is that as the, as the fog clears, uh, um, you know, we'll get back to that kind of longer term, uh, you know, process around, you know, attaching ourselves to earnings growth and dividend growth and things like that. But, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at, uh, in the very near term. Uh, you know, last week was uh, quite something uh, after the Federal Reserve uh, met Wednesday. I think Thursday was the largest day of uh, short covering and uh, the largest day of single stock options uh, purchased uh, you know, basically ever. Um, and then and then Friday, uh, you know, that was that was, uh, you know, thrown off course a little bit by that stronger jobs interview. So our jobs number. So, you know, crossing the river, touching the stones, that's the type of environment we're in right now. Yeah, and as you say, the three camps would uh, would would fit into the approach that you use most closely, and other language you've used in in previous episodes as scenarios. So you're going to play to different scenarios, and you, you know the, the 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 fact that those three camps are in place. If we tie it to last week's uh, podcast, uh, or or I guess it's a, a week and a half ago podcast now, uh, we were talking about uh, technicals in terms of the market crossing through major technicals and, and actually hitting up against a, a really important region to determine whether it's going to go higher or lower. And again, I think it was Stu at his best, so I encourage you to go back and, and listen to the last episode of, uh, of Stu's Days. 
but with with that uncertainty with those three scenarios out there and and kind of you know you you would almost put an equal chance on all of them wouldn't you Stu? it's pretty they're 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 pretty close in terms of 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 outcome it's not surprising that the market is having a difficult time finding some direction as you say the fog's got to clear uh, but this fog might be here for a little bit as we wait for that labor market in particular to show some signs of loosening up. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a good point. Also, uh, you know, we're in an environment that is dominated by, you know, the macro narrative. Every so yes. often, every so often we, you know, we talk about individual companies and, and then sometimes we talk more about what's going on at the top uh, of the economy and, and we're dominated by that right now. So there's a lot of levers that are getting pulled based on small changes in interest rates, uh, you know, changes in inflation, these types of things. So it's it's impacting all parts of the portfolio. If, you know, we get a bit of a settling in the macro environment, then we can go back, you know, the market's narrative will shift to individual companies and what's going on at a company level. And, um, you know, that that too can be, uh, it can be a, you know, a better time. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I think, I think the you know the process of identifying different camps through scenario analysis is to appreciate uh, you know the elements of each camp and understand um, you know how things might uh, sway from from camp to camp uh, and then uh, and then you know kind of move the portfolios around uh, accordingly. Yeah, and uh, and and I know a lot of uh, a lot of your competitors uh, are are watching what you're doing, so uh, so if you see a, a big balloon. Hanging outside your office, uh, just uh, be uh, pull, pull the blinds down because that's uh, that they're 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 probably trying to figure out the these scenarios as well. And I know you'll take the lead, so you got to watch for that, Stu. Yeah, I, that that's a great point, Dave. Yeah, have, have you seen any balloons? Uh, no, no balloons yet, but they're putting up an office building beside us. So I think the crane operator might be onto something. I see him with a telescope. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, when I get suspicious is when my mother-in-law is lurking around. That's usually when I'm being <laughs> surveilled, <laughs> but not, not for stock market tips. <laughs> Anyways, too, as, as always, uh, great catching up with you and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll check in next week and see if we get any more clarity, uh, as we continue to go forward with, uh, you know, markets that just, uh, seem, seem to be looking for direction. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.